assassin, Raul Rui Diaz. Clear-eyed, cold-blooded. Nobody in MLS does it better. ESPN Plus and live and underway from Allianz Field, a beautiful stadium in perfect St. Paul, Minnesota. And we're coming to you live in the aftermath of another showdown between Major League Soccer and Liga MX. And this time again, it's MLS that comes out on top in the All-Star format, 2-1 winners. Hercules Gomez, Sebi Salazar, you know us. It's a big game. We had to bring in the big guns. Ben Olsen, man, thanks Thank for taking you. some time, Thank brother. Thank you for having me. I feel really honored tonight. How sad does he look? He How looks, sad does he look? He, he looks great. He looks good. <laughs> At least it wasn't Osaceno, okay? At least it wasn't Osaceno. It got really good towards the end. It almost felt like yeah. it was going to be a 2-2, right? Yep. Yeah. And it was a good game, right? I mean, it lived up to the It was a good the energy, game. All that the pace had. was right. The energy, crowd, night, everything. This... This was a really good night for MLS. With the heavy tackles. No, for an no, game. no, no. I didn't think it, it wasn't. There I was mean, nothing was that bad. Yeah, <laughs> he just took his shoe off. <laughs> the sh you know, he tried putting it back on. You know, and listen. I, I thought it was good. I, I, I didn't think it was as chippy as I, I thought it was going to get a little bit nastier at times. So I thought it was, you know, well behaved. But still, the pace was right and uh, a lot of quality. You think it was as chippy as last year? Because I remember right away yeah, last no, year. No, I thought like, last year was more, it was chippier. Yeah. Uh, this year, still a lot of heavy tackles, still a lot of complaining, still a lot of getting inside the referee's face. Oh, yeah, after that penalty. Face. <laughs> Absolutely. Some questionable calls. Yep. I thought yep. maybe Liga Mekis had a legit claim for a handball. To me, it was a handball. Uh, but all around a good show. The stars came out, right? The, the guys who were supposed to show up, those big players, they showed up. Yep. We did have VAR. They didn't really use it too much, and maybe the Liga MX fans will hope that they had. Let's check out the highlights from this game. 90 minutes of brilliant action here in St. Paul, Minnesota, between MLS and Liga MX. And the atmosphere, I mean, right from the get-go, you knew it was going to be special. A sold-out crowd here at Allianz Field. And how about this? In the third minute of the game, Ben, Carlos Vela at the back post. Yeah, he doesn't get many of those, but uh, I don't think he could miss. But great spot, great service, little connection there from LAFC. So, yeah, great start from them. Jakey Palacios trying to earn an Ecuadorian national team spot in this uh, World Cup in Russia. I bet Mexico would love to have an informed Carlos Vela like that. I'm sorry, did I say Russia? Qatar. What am I talking about? <laughs> it was only four years ago, don't worry. Liga Mekis then came to life as the first half wore on. Julio Furch, a player you really like, Ben, just missing here. Yeah, this was the, the, most of the first half. They did a fantastic job overloading the wings and being super dangerous. And Dane uh, saved them once or twice. And they, they had some real resolve throughout the night, MLS. And uh, Liga MX was very unlucky not to get one in the first half. It was 1-0 into the second half. And it looked like it was going to be 2-0 here. Brandon Vasquez to Paul Areola, but offside. Her. Yeah, he's offside. He's clearly outside, but this is what I love. The composure. A young player like that oftentimes thinks, I gotta whip it across, I gotta hit it hard, maybe even shoot on goal. He took a touch, got his head up. 
especially forwards. <laughs> Surprised <laughs> he saying? didn't shoot it. What are you saying? In the 70th minute, Carles Hill goes down, pointed to the spot. Can we get a consensus here? Was it a penalty or not? Man, I, I, I think this is questionable. I think this is a bad touch by Carles Hill. I don't know about you, Benny. A tough one for me. I, yeah, I think in this game, uh, probably a no call, and then you don't have to bring VAR into it. Raul Ruiz converts from the penalty spot to make it 2-0, and then Kevin Alvarez, the Pachuca man, hurt. A lot of good right backs on this play. Julian Araujo and his competition probably behind Jorge Sanchez right there. Kevin Alvarez with a golazo. There it is, the final score, two to one between these two sides. The game lived up to the hype. The atmosphere lived up to the hype too, didn't it? Great atmosphere. I mean, besides the unfortunate yeah. chance, mm -hmm. I thought the atmosphere was stellar. Lots of Liga Mekis fans in the stands, plenty of Major League Soccer fans, Minnesota United fans, of course, made themselves heard, cheering on their boys, making this to my liking, is probably the best stadium atmosphere. I shouldn't say stadium atmosphere. It's the best stadium hmm. that yeah. I've experienced in the yeah, yeah, yeah. soccer. Agree with that? Uh, yeah, you're walking around here. I've been here before. I've coached here. I've seen this on a game where you're actually playing Minnesota and felt their fans. Yeah. It's serious, and they the bells and whistles are here. If bells you have a chance to, sure. if you have a chance to come see this stadium, please do. It's a, it's a great place to be. I want to get your perspective on the reaction in Mexico. That's always important after these games. But take me inside that MLS locker room. Like, what are those guys saying right now? How are they feeling? I, I think they're excited, but I also think they'll forget about this very quickly and go back to their clubs and uh, understand that they have a, a, a playoff push, a lot of them, uh, or an MLS Cup to win. So I, I, I don't think they'll, I think they'll go out and have a, have a night, a small night, but not a big one because they have games on the week. A very, very small night, you know? <laughs> hey, you know who's not going to forget this is the Mexican press. You know it's going to be, you know, yeah. line item number one, A block material. Can on you ESPN translate Deportes. something for me? Yeah. And I know you know it very well. Jugamos como nunca. Perdimos como siempre. It seems to be that old yes. saying, right? That adage. We played like never before, but we lose yeah. like always before. And that's been the case the last 12 to 18 months for Liga Mekis Mexican soccer because I honestly felt they were the better of the two teams mm. in between the boxes, in the final third, creating opportunities, chances on goal. I mean, the fact that Dane St. Clair was your MVP tells you a lot. Okay. They Does. were under constant pressure, Ben. You, you were saying at halftime that the center backs were good yeah. for MLS. Yeah. What does that tell you? It was my back four, <laughs> Nagby, and the goalkeeper. But, yeah, it, it's it's a tough team. To, it was tough to break down. Again, they had real resolve. I thought Liga MX had a, a lot of ideas, and they were unlucky tonight yeah. not to get at least a draw. You mentioned Dane St. Clair, the MVP of the MLS All-Star Game. Moments ago, he spoke with our Christine Alexander. Here's the MVP, Dane. Let, let's see the prize. How do you feel? Yeah, I feel great. Uh, it's truly an honor to be uh, presented this award today. And what does it mean, not only in an all-star game, but in this stadium that you know so well? Yeah, I mean, the fans here are amazing. No, like you said, one of the hometown players, really to do it in front of our, uh, all of our fans and be here has been a really amazing experience. What does it mean to represent the MLS? What message now do you guys send with this victory against Liga MX? Yeah, of course, there have been two competitive leagues in the past, and I think uh, we're continuing to grow, and we've shown that over the past few years with our results. Dane, congrats on the win and on the MVP. Thank you so Thank much. You. I believe Ben Olsen used the term quiet night. Dane St. Clair, the hometown hero, he's certainly not going to have a, a quiet night. The right guy for the MVP award? Yeah, as we said, it was it was about resolve for large portions of that game. And, uh, yeah, so 
a, a, a defender or a goalkeeper is, is fitting. And a special, special occasion for him, Herc, to win it here at home. I mean, it was his night. There was a shot that got deflected. He was on his knees right to him. He was big. Look at this. Dineno. Dineno's been a Major League Soccer killer. Mm -hmm. uh, he knew exactly where that was going. Parried away. Look how fired up he is. The crowd got behind him. Uh, the better of the moments for the goalkeepers. He was probably, out of all of them, the guy that had the best. Yeah, I mean, he makes a... That's a that's a, still a routine sign oh, for the cameras. Yeah, it, it, it's still fairly routine, and he made some saves that came in and held the ball. But he Nick is Romano a right guy. now is like yeah, up right, in yeah. arms. Um, so, yeah, yeah there, I don't know if there were that many options, yep. but, yeah, I think the, there was. The anti-goalkeeping ways here on Football Américas uh, continue. I thought you were the, the leader in that. I am. I didn't I know am. MVPs I'm could upset. be goalkeepers. I'll be I, honest. I would have given it to Carlos Vela. Yeah. You know, I yeah, he gets the goal. He, he gets, gets the, the early goal. goal. What is the earliest goal since, who was it, Manchester United yes, versus? 2010 MLS yeah. All-Star By the game. way, happened to be the game that Chicharito debuted to the world. Mm -hmm. Chicharito, there would be no Chicharito without an MLS All-Star game. And he also scored uh, in That's that game. Saying. Yeah, yeah, one of the five uh, in a 5-2 victory. Anybody else stand out for you? We're always kind of looking for special individual performances. Not really. Not not really on the... Can I ask you a question? No, no, no. I want to know where I'm please, going. Please, All right, please. who stood out on Liga Mekis? Because you... I, you were next to me, and yeah. you got your coach's like hat on. Yeah. He would say, "Hey, this player," and he would. Ah. Who, who stood out for you? If I was coaching a team, yes, and I could grab one player, yeah, it's Quinones. He's, it's he's not special, even. Right? It's not even a question. Yeah. For me. Why is um, he so special? Uh, he's just. Uh, the, the, he's so just. Uh, he has so much to offer, right. you know, ability to keep the ball, get after you, service, he can score. He's, he's just, he's off-putting. You don't know what he's doing. Quinones on the left-hand side you're referring to. Yes, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. And uh, the Atlas player. Oh, that's the other Julian. one. That's Julian the other one. Quinones. That's Julian. Hey, okay. This one. Okay, yes. yes. Help me out Tigres. here. Yes, Tigres Yeah, he's the guy who Love goes him. at you more often. Loved him tonight. Yeah. Thought he was... for you? Uh, Guido Pizarro, I thought, was a big, big reason why Major League Soccer was struggling. Um, we talked about, Ben, the lack of balance for Major League Soccer. Yeah. I mean, Ilya Sanchez was really your only six, and yeah. he's not really like a defensive midfielder, I'm going to put my foot into you type of guy. He's more of a possession, string along plays, yeah. orchestrate. They had that guy. They had that guy, and, and in spades, he's a guy that could also organize. He could see the play develop. He could help cover Nenel Beltran. And, I mean, those two guys in the center of the field were carving Major League Soccer up. I, I thought it was a big reason to why they were having so much success going forward, especially down Escobar's side. He was very active. Uh, ben, you managed the MLS All-Stars against Chelsea back in 2012. Give us a little perspective on what Adrian Heath is dealing with all week, and then specifically in the game, because this is not a roster that was built for like real soccer, it was built for show. Yeah, you, you get this list of unbelievable players and then you spend two days saying, how the, how the hell am I gonna get all <laughs> these guys on the field and who's gonna defend? Right. Um, so it always looks like this, it's, it's guys, and, and, and it's funny, these guys out of position, these attackers, they try for a little bit, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and they give you everything and then as the game goes, you tell their habits get there and then it becomes this stretched, uh, non-balanced team. And you saw that in the first half uh, quite a bit, but you're dealing with coaches, calling you saying, listen, please don't play Chicharito more than 30 <laughs> minutes. I need him on the weekend. You got, um, and uh, so it's it's a tough task, uh, but I'm sure he's very happy and, and uh, he's better for going through this experience. The stars showed up for MLS. The biggest yes. stars, Herc, in Liga Mekis were not here no. tonight. Do you think if those guys come, we get a different a different outcome? I do. Yeah. The Gignacs, the I mean, memos. Andre Pierre Gignac. I don't care if he's 36 years old. He's the Danny best. Danny Alves. Product. He's the best product that uh, Liga Mekis has put out in the last decade. Danny Alves, the wealth of experience. I mean, could you imagine the fans out here seeing Danny Alves? 
Memo Ochoa. I know he's a goalkeeper, but what it means, what Memo Ochoa means for the Mexican public, Nahuel Guzman as well, the Nestor, uh, Nestor Araujo comes back to Liga Mekis. Charlie, that's right. Got a little football. Yeah, we told you there were a lot of fans here. I think there's just a lot of Hercules Gomez you know, fans. Jonathan in Rodriguez as well. I mean, the list goes on and on. The amount of players that could have came for Liga Mekis, the real star power in my mm -hmm. don't want to take anything away from Liga Mekis and the players they had tonight, deserving absolutely. But an all-star game is a showcase of the star power in your league, Ben. Yeah. Is yeah, they went about it in a different way. It was interesting to see. It was star power in one and you know the the, the best group from from last year. Right. Interesting. It was an right. interesting little matchup. Uh, let's go big picture here. There's clearly a trend with MLS beating Liga Mekis. Do you see that? trend continuing in the next five to ten years as we're seeing it right now in the all-star game or in, in overall big in, picture because I think people picture. will see this result and they'll tie it to all the things that we've seen in CONCACAF I think we're at a really in uh, I think yeah. we're at a really interesting time here with MLS because I see MLS moving at a very, very rapid pace. And I, I see Liga MX, of course, moving forward, but maybe not at the rate that the MLS, right? But Liga MX is a giant and the talent is overwhelming. So, you know, it's got to collide and it's very, very close right now. And MLS does some things that are actually better than Liga MX. Liga MX does some things that are better than MLS. But I, I think it's great in, in North America that we've got two uh, uh, incredible leagues that are going to compete, and this is going to push Liga MX. As w this league does better, Liga MX is going to push. Yeah, it's almost a double whammy if you're Liga MX, if you're the Mexican, if you're a Mexican soccer fan. I, I mean, not only are they stealing the shine off your star, because the most watched league in the States isn't the Premier League. No it isn't La Liga. Yeah. It's not even the Champions League. Not MLS. It's, it's not MLS. No, it's Liga Mekis. Mm -hmm. And by a landslide. So not only are they stealing your shine off of that, but they're beating you at your own game. That has to be frustrating. We talk about the trend. Will it continue? I mean, all signs are pointing to yes. It's hard to see a way back, I, I, right? don't, I don't see a situation right now where it's, with all due respect, DC United and the Galaxy win, right? CONCACAF Champions League, and then you go two decades mm -hmm. without. Yep. I don't see that happening right now. Not with the amount of money that Major League Soccer's been investing, though I do see a knee-jerk reaction by yep. Mexican soccer to it. Ben, you've been around us, especially from the MLS Liga Mekis perspective for a long time. I'm thinking more from like the managerial role where you know what your budgets are, you know what their budgets are. Can you take me back to 2012, 13, 14? I think in one of those years you're competing, actually two of them, 14 and 15 in the CONCACAF Champions League. How different is it now for MLS teams as they go into these markets and trying to compete with Liga Mekis? Yeah, they're going toe-to-toe -to -toe now. Right. Like back then it wasn't toe-to-toe, -to -toe, right? It was not even close, and uh, we, you had to have, uh, we had some special teams back then. You know, we had some one-offs with those uh, special DC United early yeah. years, and we were able to have some success against them. But um, now you're able to put together a roster with the, the finances and the support and the infrastructure to compete against the best teams uh, in League MX. You know, is it just down to money, man? It is, because I was going to say, you took the words out of my yeah. mouth. The crazy thing is they're going directly to the supplier, yeah. right? They're going to where like European teams go and get their guys. They're going there as well. They're selling players now that they think, hey, it's run our, it's run his course or their course with Major League Soccer. Here you go, River. Here you go, Boca. Yeah. And also they have the power where guys who maybe are on that bubble on a decision to stay in Liga Mekis, you know what? We'll can, offer you some can, cake over here. Can, can, so so they're getting a big piece of that pie. Can I ask one thing about? 
European players in the Mexican league. Yes. Do you say, see this changing at all in the near future? I think it's, it has happened, right, with the injection, I should say, of the uh, French footballer in Liga Mekis. You've seen a European... But those guys, sorry to cut you off, but those guys are not stars on the level that we're seeing come to MLS. Gignac's a big name, he's a great right, player. Your Ronaldinho, your, your, Ronaldinho your, was a blip 10 years ago. Your yeah. Ronaldinho, your Danny Alves, Alves yeah. are, are blips. They're, they're one-offs, if you will. It's so, not Bale, Bernardeschi, it's Chiellini, not, and it's same not, window. It's certainly not in the same window, thank yeah. you. We work together way too much, bro. <laughs> way too much. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Reading each other's mind, right. finishing each other's thoughts. Go ahead sandwiches. and finish your thought. I didn't want to cut sandwiches. you off No, this is just what it is. It, it just, in order for this to be something for them, to answer your question, Ben, it can't be a one-off. Yeah. It can't be It can't be Bebeto came to play in Liga Mekis. It can't be, you know, uh, Butregueño came to play mm -hmm. in Liga Mekis. It can't be Ronaldinho. It can't be Danny Alves. Just one every decade. It's got to be more, and it's got to be consistently for, for it to really take off. You know, we're talking right now about bringing players from Europe to Liga Mekis. I think the other part of this equation is what you're doing in the exportation market, right? MLS has just made a killing over the last few transfer windows, sending young players, some of them really inexperienced, to big leagues in Europe. Is Liga Mekis going to continue what we've seen over the last couple weeks, which means like all of a sudden they woke up and said, hey, we got to do this business too. So I mentioned a knee-jerk reaction. That is it right there. Right. We've got to start exporting players. We have to send them because that's what they are doing. The U.S. men's national team, MLS, the American player, the U.S. men's national team eligible player, they're being exported at such a young age. For the longest time, and Seb, you know this very well, the idea in Mexican football was completa tu proceso. You have to complete your cycle, your process in Mexican football, and then you graduate to European football. What? <laughs> what? Right. Why? Especially when we see like the Philadelphia Union selling guys who have hardly played to Syria. I mean, that's really the difference between the two leagues. And it seems like Europe really wants these MLS players. There's a lot of interest in that market. Yeah, there's a lot of eyes here. And, and we are as a league, MLS as a league, is starting to figure out a little bit of this pathway. Uh, in the way that Mexico, I think, has figured out a pathway a long time ago. I think they've done a great job of progressing youth uh, into the ranks. And, um, but we here now, I think, have a real pathway for youngsters to go. You know what, Ben? It's, it's easy to get the owners on board in Major League Soccer because everything's pooled. Right. Single entity. Huh. So everybody's pulling yeah. in the same direction. In Liga Amequis, it's almost like the English FA. Each team has the saying what happens in the federation, has the saying what happens with the national team. Each team negotiates their own TV rights, own merchandise, merchandising deals, et cetera, et cetera. It's a lot more difficult trying to get 18 ownership groups on board, pulling in the same direction, trying to see the common good or the grand prize. Mm. And that's what Major League Soccer has going for it. So, but I think that knee-jerk reaction is helping. We've seen it in the last two weeks, Evan. Mm -hmm. If this is the last one of these all-star showcases between MLS and Liga Mackeys, was it a good idea? Was it a success? Total, total success. This was, uh, I think, a great idea. And in fact, if they didn't have all these uh, Campiones Cups and, and, and club games coming forward. I think they'd do this every year. Yeah. Uh, but you can't keep doing it over and over when you have Campiones Cups and all these club teams playing uh, going forward. I mean, you could you could throw it in there on top of it. It makes money. They'll try to do it. But yeah. I, I think the point is League's Cup is really going to take this to a whole nother yeah. level. Now, I won't say you don't need this because this is a great event. But with League's Cup and all 47 teams being involved, I mean, you got everybody included then. 
You still want it, huh? You still want this all? It's not that I still want it. Right. I think there's a demand for it, and I think Major League Soccer and Liga MX and this marriage of the two see the dollars. Yep. They see the trend. They see where this is going, and they want it as well. So if this is the last Liga MX versus Major League Soccer all-star game, mm. I don't think it's the last of this type of show, and I propose something. Okay, go on. I propose a hybrid. Now, bear with me for a second, but imagine, imagine. Somebody's trying to get paid double tonight. The consultant role we were talking about earlier. Imagine yeah. League's Cup, the tournament, uh -huh. and somewhere along the lines of the group phase, you do a League's Cup All-Stars, and you combine the two, and they face off against a Chelsea, against a Real Madrid, against a Barcelona, in the middle of this tournament. A combination of these two, a hybrid, if you will, <laughs> will do the job. So instead of MLS versus Liga yeah. Mekis, MLS and Liga Mekis versus the world and or a big club. What do you think? Yes, or Liga MX versus Real Madrid. Yeah. All-stars. I mean, the, people want to see these stars, right? right. People want to see the, the, you the think, stars. You think, Don, you think Don's going to say, hey, go, go ahead and make your money. We'll be fine. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's why I'm not a commissioner. Hey, but you know what? I do know this. If you put Liga Mekis All-Stars in the same stadium as Real Madrid, yeah. it would sell out yeah, double. Well, well, they could do that as well. Yep, absolutely. So uh, plenty of good ideas then here for the first time on the set of Football America. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We've been talking about transfers kind of in the abstract. Let's focus in on some transfers that specifically happened after we got off the air last Thursday, right? The transfer deadline day in Major League Soccer was on Friday. And the big news is the window closed. DC United, Ben, a huge signing. Christian Benteke coming over from Crystal Palace for an undisclosed transfer fee. But it sounds like it was quite a lot of money. It's a two-and-a-half-year deal for the 31-year-old Belgian international. It's a club you know well. It's obviously a league you know well. Is this the guy that, that you would build your DC United around if you were still in charge? 31. He's got a lot of premiership games, a lot of goals. Uh, he is a, a big boy and he's going to be effective in this league. When attackers of his quality uh, around the world come into our league, they usually do pretty well, mm. right? I, I, and I don't see now is is the support there with the rest of the group right now uh, because they're, they're they're changing their group and figuring out who they are. If they can put a support cast around him, uh, yes, he can have a, a lot of success in this. League. You know, I have this friend. He's a DC United fan. Mm. 
was his big signing at DC United years ago. His name was Wayne Rooney. I'm leaving. He was so upset. He was angry. It did not speak to haters. him or the DC United yeah. community. Yeah. Now you have a player, certainly not on Wayne Rooney's level, but now you have a player that Wayne Rooney's trying to bring in to change the culture. And for some reason, this player who happens to be an international who was in the last Europe, European yeah. Championship yeah. squad for, yeah. for Belgium, who's a premiership player, he, he's not on board with it. Can you believe this guy? Okay, yeah. a second. Wait a second. Don't put words in my mouth. Are you on board with it? <laughs> on its own, it's not enough. It's not close. No, because 11v1 that. is not fair. That that that's that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. And and but but you got to take the first but step. But the question was to build to build something. Now is it, can we build? Is can, that fair? Can, I, mean, I don't understand. Can they build something? Okay. Can, can they build something around? him to uh, enable him to have a lot of success in this league. Fontas, Ole Kamara, you got Benteke, you, you strengthen up that midfield. They've done a good job with some transfers coming in. I mean, you got David Ochoa there, Bill Hamid maybe recuperates that confidence mm -hmm. and that health. It's just DC United, for the longest time they were an irrelevant club. Now they're trying. Easy, steady. And now they're ben will go two moves. foot on you if you're yeah, not I careful. Know, I, know, I know, but it's that ankle. Like what years are you talking about specifically? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like now they're trying to yeah. make moves and we're sitting here nitpicking at the move. Like this is just, there's a pulse. There's a pulse, Seb. No, I, I think you have to acknowledge that it's an expenditure, right? Something we haven't always seen from the club. Uh, it's certainly a big move. The thing I got the most wrong, I would say about Rooney, I think you were the first person to tell me this, was not how good he was going to be. It was the impact on, on the other guys. And it was amazing. Immediate. Like that season, you guys started playing really well. Is there? An, I mean, they're in last place right now. Is there enough time in this season for him to have that kind of an impact? And is he? Is he that figure like Rooney was? Is anybody? I, I, is anybody? I think that's a hard, yeah. that's it's a, a hard, hard one to compare. Uh, there, there's, there was a real. Mag and you got Rooney way earlier there, in the season. There was a real magic to Wayne, and we had all the home games. Yep. So there, there was. Uh, it, it's a different scenario right now for DC United. My only worry is you disrupt what Taxi Fontas has been doing, right? You don't think they can play together? I don't know, but why move it? Like, it was that the position of need. You had Michael Estrada there, you had Ola Kamara. Like, Ola Kamara scored 19 goals last year, I believe. Yeah, but they needed more, because even with Taxi, it wasn't going well. Right. You know, they can't put all that on Taxi to get them wins. And so, adding more to the attack, they've been looking for a number nine um, to be in there every week that has a real uh, impact like Benteke could. Uh, so, um, I'm happy for them. I, I hope this uh, pushes them into, uh, you know, uh, being able to get some wins. And, and it, if it's not this year, start to build something uh, that's sustainable and, and effective in the league. So we had some late transfer business then for DC United, bringing in Christian Benteke. We also had some late transfer business involving the New England Revolution and FC Dallas. Sebastian Legette making the move from the New England Revolution to FC Dallas in exchange for $600,000 in general allocation money. Now, Kurt, forgive me if I may be reading into this move a little too much, but this feels like it's a move totally focused on the World Cup and maybe making a move back into Greg Berhalter's plans, because early in qualifying, Legette seemed to be pretty solidly in the group. It, I don't think he's there right now, is he? No, he's not in the group right now. He's on the outside looking in. Uh, he's not played for the U.S. Men's National Team in quite some time. Excuse me, he's not been called in quite some time as well. This was a move he needed to make if he wanted to get back into that circle, if he wanted to get back into Greg Berhalter's eyesight, because it was outside out of mind for a while there. Uh, I, New England has not been doing well. Mm -hmm. 
it's been a surprise to many, especially under Bruce Arena. Sebastian Legette's downfall in Major League Soccer. You can see what you will. He's always been solid in Major League Soccer. He's on the outside looking in right now. So now going into a system that plays exactly the same way as the U.S. Men's That's National it, team. isn't it? Nico Estevez, the manager of former and who said this to us? Berhalter. Who said this to us? It, it was Jesus Fedeira. It helps that I'm in the same system. It helps that we're in the same setup, doing the same things. That Greg Berhalter pays attention to us. This is, I'm in your eyesight. I'm in your line of sight. Get me back on. Good for Legette? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. He's always been a player that needs a certain system mm. for his good qualities to show. And uh, I hope for him that Dallas is, is, is that, that system, that structure. You know, we had Casey Keller on the show a couple weeks ago, and he talked about, you know, when advising guys in terms of a move, even if it is so close to a World Cup, don't do what's best for the World Cup roster. Don't do what's best for the national team. Do what's best for your career. Sure. Uh, is this a case to kind of ignore that advice and, and, and do what you need to do now to try and get on the World Cup roster? I, I think it depends where you're at in that. You know, right. I think it's a career move. But you don't remember Casey saying that? Yeah, but what does that got to do with this? With Legit. I mean, this He's is not going to USL. No, 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 no. He's going from a team that's forgotten in the East to a team that's Third a in runner West. in the How West. How much is he yep. really pushed doing this himself? It's not like... Europe, where you're saying, right. I want out of here. Right. You know, these are trades still in MLS, and it's... It's almost lateral, if you will, right? It feels a little bit like because I'm, I'm not saying that to be negative, but it's not I'm going from Europe to Major League Soccer to try no. to get back into his eyesight. He very much is on a team that is struggling in a system that's clearly not working for him. He wants to change it, and he thinks that FC Dallas is the best fit. Yeah, fair enough. So Sebastian Legette moving from the New England Revolution to FC Dallas. All right, Ben, I got to let you go for a quiet night in Minnesota. But thanks for joining us, man. Hey, it was fun. Was, this was a lot of fun. Thank yeah. you. Quiet night. Ramondo's waiting. Quiet night. Yeah, exactly. Ramondo! <laughs> All right, there he is, uh, Ben Olsen, longtime manager at DC United, longtime star of DC United, one of my favorite players growing up. A thrill to have him here with us on Football Americas. And, of course, MLS is back to league action on Saturday. What a schedule for you we have on ESPN Plus. 12 games. Don't miss a single one this weekend on ESPN Plus. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, well, the stars were out here at the MLS All-Star Game, including the social media stars. Hercules Gomez hanging out with Noah Beck. All right, all right, all right. Football Americas, Noah Beck, your boy Hercules Gomez. Noah, no stranger to the soccer field. You were at the Skills Challenge yesterday. Give me your thoughts. I, I thought Liga Mekis. I was a, a bit surprised. Yeah, no, it was great. I mean, obviously, come out here, it's just a fun time. But, like, I, I literally I posted something today, and it was, like, a, literally, like, my FIFA loading screen boyhood dream to, like, you're living it out. Because I was able, actually able to uh, do the skills challenge, like, before everyone was here. How'd you do? It was good. It was fun. You know, I was <laughs> just messing around. You actually played, my man. So I shouldn't we, we featured one of your goals, the penalty kick in our top ten in Football Americas. It was a goal in Old Tra Trafford. I, talk to me about that experience playing in your boyhood club, like that stadium, Old Trafford, what that meant. Oh, it, it, was, it was surreal. Obviously, scoring a, game, uh, scoring a goal against, like we talked about, David James was just unreal. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, those are things that I never thought in a million years I would be able to do, but like, it's what I dreamed of. And so getting a little taste of that was nice. All right, University of Portland, Routes Out Lake, like my man Cabal used to play, what, eight? Six? What did you six play? 6A, six 6A. Six I liked being in the box to box. Pull the, the strings? Pull the strings. That was it. All right, so when you played at Ralph Style Lake, you actually played with a few guys that are today in Major League Soccer. Yes. Justin Glad, who's Justin the other one? Glad. Justin Glad, uh, he was he was heading out as I was coming in, but you got guys like, uh, who else? Brooks Aaron Lennon. Herrera, Brooks oh, Lennon, like who, all those guys. Who, who was the one guy when you were growing up, you're like, yeah, this guy's going to be special? Uh, I mean, growing up, I played with guys like Richie Ledesma, who I grew up with him in Arizona when I was like seven. All right, stop. Full stop. Yeah. Where's he going? Mexico or the U.S.? Is this a Football Americas exclusive? Noah Beck's going to tell us where Richie Ledesma <laughs> is going to commit. Will it be the United States men's national team or will it be BL3, Mexico? I talked to him slightly about it. I'm not, I was going to you. No, no. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think since he was a kid, he was always like both sides. He always right, played both right. sides. Yeah. But, We'll see. We'll it's a see. difficult choice. He's a hell of a player. He's a ridiculous player. Either team's going to be lucky to have him. He's healthy now, yeah. so hopefully he has a great season. Yeah, now, we're at the All-Star game. You're cool with a lot of boys. You're cool with a lot of the players. Yeah, but yeah. Julian Araujo, like, you guys go back. Yeah, me and Julian, have, we have history playing against each other, playing a little with each other, but mostly against. Um, he, for the most part, got the better of me a lot of times. He was a hell of a player, man amongst boys. So you're from Arizona. You grew up playing uh, Ralph Salik Academy. That's a huge uh, Latino influence because Casa Grande was their kind of like academy system, if you will. You're used to seeing Mexican soccer. I will include the Mexicans on the MLS side. Who are you excited to see? Oh, man. I mean, you have, you have guys like, obviously, Chicharito. You have... Um, Hector Herrera, like these guys are just yeah, absolute ballers. And you know, you, you got Chicharito. I actually saw a video of him on the MLS page of him talking about guy, best guys he's played against or played with. Mentioned Ronaldo, mentioned Giggs, mentioned Modric. Like, I mean, him as well as all the other, like they're legends. And it's like it's pretty surreal to be able to be here and see. It's pretty crazy that, that guy's played at Manchester United. He's played at Real Madrid. Now he's in Major League Soccer, and he gets excited. He gets up for this type of game. All right, uh, prediction time. Uh, who do you got? Who do you think? This is going to get air after, so who do you think is going to win any standout performers? You know, I think I'm going to call, I'm going to say a 3-1 MLS. 3-1 MLS game. 3-1 MLS yeah, is going to have a big call. game. I think, ooh. I think Chicharito bags too. Wow. I, think, I think Chicharito has a brace. That's All what I'm right, before we go, Beck's corner, you actually, you do my job. You're going to take my job. This no, is stupid. No, 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 this no. is insane. <laughs> You do back scoring, you study MLS, you do anal you analyze MLS. We're around, I mean, it's literally the turn of the corner. Major League Soccer is about to end. There's about 10 games, I believe, left. Yes. Who's your front runner? LAFC is hard to beat. And I think being like in the local, LAFC is like 15 minutes from my house. Uh, so you, you know I used to play for the Galaxy. I, I know, I know. Right, That's why I was a little hesitant saying it. Yeah. I was a little like, but LAFC is on a roll right now, and they obviously have some big names, so... They're fun to watch. I know you paid attention to the Ralph Salt Lake versus uh, versus LAFC game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giorgio Chiellini had an epic play <laughs> where my man caught the ball. He got it. What, he, what did you think? What was running through your mind? Just, like he spiked it. I have. I think you could argue, oh, smart play by the man. Like he's got experience, but I, I, I think he's just yeah, having fun. He can do what he wants. He's a legend. Take it from an old man. That was a smart play. You don't got to run after the player. Right, right. <laughs> you're, you're, let's say you're the Ford in behind. Are you pissed at him? Are you like? Of course, yeah. I'm asking for a red card. Of course, of course. It's it's. Yeah. Last one, Gareth Bale. I mean, just talk about what he adds to LAFC. I, Gareth Bale, like you know what you're gonna get. You're gonna get a crazy athleticism. You're gonna get like 
few moments a game where it's just absolute magic. And I mean, he showed that against RSL and just absolutely skimming by the defenders. All right, go away. You're about to take my job. That was brilliant. Noah Beck. Thank you, my man. Thank Appreciate you, guys. It. Thank you. Noah Beck, a star of the MLS Academies and TikTok as well. And of course, here on ESPN Plus, we are your exclusive home for Bundesliga action, where you can see a U.S. men's national team star on the rise, Jordan Peacock, uh, Peacock of Union Berlin, taking on Mainz this coming weekend. Last week, we learned of a potential turf war brewing in American soccer, specifically in Southern California between the LA Galaxy of uh, Major League Soccer and Orange County Soccer Club of USL. The site up for debate, Championship Soccer Stadium in Irvine, California, which has been the home of Orange County SC since 2017. All right, so good time to welcome then into Football America's Dan Rudstein. He is the president of Orange County Soccer Club in USL. Dan, great to have you with us. Thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. Well, no, thank you very much, gentlemen, for, for letting me come on tonight. So let's start at the very beginning, because not everybody is as kind of well-versed in everything that's happened. Tell us a little bit about how you find out about this proposal from the LA Galaxy to the city of Irvine, and, and maybe what your first reaction was to that news. Yeah, indeed. And I think, you know, the first reaction is important. So we've been playing at Championship Soccer Stadium for five years. It's our home where thousands of people come and watch our games. The crowds are growing all the time. Last year, we hoisted our conference championship there on the way to being the USL champions. We've been trying to talk to the stadium and the city around how we can keep the stadium as our permanent home. And then there we are, minding our own business, waiting for a response from the city. And last Thursday... We discover there's an agenda on a city council meeting taking place five days later. And one of the options being discussed is, should LA Galaxy be given exclusive use of our stadium so that their MLS Next team can play there? And we and all the other professional men's and women's team in Orange County would have nowhere to play next year. Dan, how would you describe Orange County SC's relationship with the Galaxy and Major League Soccer before this? So, I mean, before this, actually, on a, on a personal level, a lot of us have got fantastic relationships with the Galaxy. You know, they're a historic MLS team. I've been there. When I used to work as a diplomat for the British government, I hosted an event there when, to mark Stephen Gerrard's first game. Uh, a company I worked with sponsored the Galaxy for a while. I've been to many games there. Our owner has been to many games there. We had no, you know, we had no ill will against uh, the Galaxy in any sense. Obviously, when... If we could draw them in an open cup, we'd want to beat them. But other than that, they're just our neighbours who play in another in another city, in another county, and, and that's that. Their reserve team, obviously, LA Galaxy 2 are in our league, and we play against them, and there's a local rivalry there. We scored five goals against them earlier in the year, which was very satisfying. But that's a soccer thing. You, know, you should be satisfied when you score five goals against somebody. So I saw a statement, I think it was yesterday or the day before, from the LA Galaxy that says they're not interested in an exclusive arrangement for LA Galaxy 2 at Championship Soccer Stadium. What were your thoughts when you saw that statement uh, from the Galaxy? Well, you know, we saw a, a public record council document saying there was going to be a discussion at a council meeting saying one of the options was LA Galaxy would be given exclusive use of the stadium. Now... The fact that the day before the meeting that agenda was pulled from the council discussion and LA Galaxy put out a statement saying they are not looking for 
exclusive use. Um, I mean, that's their statement, and I imagine that people would want to ask them questions around exactly what else there is to say about it. From our point of view, obviously, that feels like a step forward. If the threat of eviction, because it's going to go to Galaxy and um, the next protein goes away, of course, that is a great feeling for us. But there's still a long way to go in this because we still haven't got certainty over what next season will look like for us. We're waiting to find out if the council will talk to us about what we can do in the stadium, which is why yesterday, even though the item wasn't on the agenda, 250 of our fans turned up at the council meeting. And council meetings are not fun. They're not meant to be fun for the layperson. But 250 people sat through there for four hours. 38 people took the microphone of all ages and all genders. We had an extraordinary speech from one of the, a young girl who's one of our supporters telling their story. We just want the council to know that we want to stay and continue making memories and hoisting trophies and playing in that great stadium. And we'd rather they didn't let a team whose name literally has Los Angeles in the title come and play in Orange County. You spoke about 250 plus in support at the city council meeting. What does that mean to Orange County SC? What does that mean to you? You know, I'll be very honest, over the last few days, when we talked to all the club staff about this, I'm not sure we've had a prouder moment. Even, you know, being on the field in, in uh, Florida last year, listing the USL Championship trophy, which was, of course, an extraordinary thing for the club, was an amazing moment for everyone. But over the last few days, just seeing how our fans feel about our club has been... It's been overwhelming for some of our stuff. And I'll be honest, it's not just our fans. So our fans have been extraordinary with the way they've rallied, the way they've spoken to the council and said what they needed to say. But all of soccer, certainly on social media, the, the family of soccer have come together. We've had extraordinarily positive comments from our traditional rivals of uh, San Diego and Phoenix, LAFC fans, actually a lot of LA Galaxy fans, all saying that they're against this. They don't like the idea of an MLS club coming and trying to potentially take away the home of a you know, the USL team. And so we're incredibly grateful for that outpouring of, of love and support from our fans and from that broader, broader community. Would sharing the facility with LA Galaxy 2, would that be a, an acceptable outcome for you guys out of all of this? Look, you know, at the moment, we use the stadium for all of our home games as well as sort of the events that we do around our games and other teams play in that stadium and we have at no point said we want exclusive use of that stadium. I mean, Galaxy have played in that ground this year because in the Open Cup they played against, against Cal United. So we have never sought exclusivity in that stadium. Um, look, they are the ones who said, according to the council documents that we saw, they want to play there exclusively. If they'd come to talk to us before, I think we probably could have had a great conversation about what all that looks like. Obviously, as you can imagine now, reading what we've read becomes slightly more complicated, I think, for us to, to contemplate that. But we're not looking for exclusivity. It's for the council to decide who plays there. So, you know, we want to share the stadium with all men's and women's soccer teams in, in Orange County. And that's our position, as long as everyone's playing fair. Fair enough. Dan, appreciate your time here on Football Americas. Really appreciate your candor as well. Continued good luck both on and off the field as you navigate the always uh, curious waters, we'll say, of American soccer. Thanks for being with us.
Thank you very much, gentlemen. It's a funny old game, as they say in England. <laughs> Absolutely. We can probably apply that to uh, us here in the States as well. By the way, of course, ESPN Plus, your home for USL Championship, USL League One, and for Orange County SC. You can catch them Friday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific, for those of you out there on the West Coast in Orange County. They'll be taking on Phoenix Rising FC. Always a good showdown out there out west in USL. Also exclusively on ESPN Plus, in English and in Spanish, by the way. It is La Liga, FC Barcelona against Rayo Vallecano to kick things off. And we have full coverage from Barcelona on ABC, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN Plus. And the fun starts on Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, Herc, so uh, a lot to digest there uh, from that interview with Dan. Any first thoughts? You know, I'm glad that the majority of Galaxy fans, there's been an outpour, an outcry of support to Orange County SC. Uh, they don't share the same ideals or beliefs as that front office. Hmm. This is a team, and I don't want to say one story because there's a great story there, but over the last four or five years is unrecognizable in Major League Soccer circles. It it's almost feels like it's rotten to the core. And this is just adding another layer of what those fans are in anger about. It just seems like everything they're touching right now. We should acknowledge the statement. Uh, it, as, as Dan mentioned, it seems like a step forward. Hopefully, I think in all of this, cooler heads will prevail, right? Uh, and good on them for recognizing, reading the room, the temperature, and saying, you know what? Let's get out of this. So a couple things before we get out of here, because we uh, are about to wrap up this edition of Football Americas live from St. Paul, Minnesota, and what is really a remarkable facility uh, in Allianz Field. We had some, some big goals this week from guys in both the U.S. national team pool and the Mexican national team pool over in Europe. Uh, Malik Tillman with Rangers and Eric Gutierrez with PSV. Let's start with Tillman first. It was a huge goal. It's put Rangers into the next qualifying round in the Champions League. This kid is playing out of his mind. I mean, I feel like he might sneak into the trip to Qatar. Listen, I told you when he was called in by Greg Berhalter, there's been a discussion. Mm -hmm. You don't make this type of decision, especially since you're so young, you got time on your hands. If you don't think there's a possibility of Qatar, Rangers is a big club. I don't care if it's in the uh, Scottish Premier League. They are a big club, massive club. They play in Champions League. This is a step getting closer to that group phase. It was a huge goal. As a player trying to make a name for himself, it's sort of step in the right direction. Speaking of huge goals, Eric Gutierrez got one as well for PSV as they advance. This is a guy who's not worried about getting onto the plane. He's worried about breaking into the 11, and it looks like he might do it. Wow, he snuck on the plane last cycle. That's who he was. He was the Andres Guardado, if you will, played less, got on there. And now he's trying to take the position of, guess who? Andres Guardado. This is a guy who's been playing out of his mind for the last four or five months, uh, he's adding that extra element to his game. The goals, the assists, the big moments. Yep. And what's the matchup in the next round? Rangers versus PSV for a spot in the Champions League group phase. So Malik Tillman versus Eric Gutierrez. All right, that's it for us here. We will be back on Monday with a couple big interviews. You sat down with Luca De La Torre a couple weeks ago. We're going to hear that chat with the new midfielder for Celta de Vigo, another guy who is trying to earn yeah. his spot and maybe some more minutes on the flight to Qatar. We're also going to have an interview with DeAndre Yedlin, who might end up being the only repeat World Cup player 
on the U.S. team in Qatar. That is insane. It is. How old is he? Like 25? Hey, it's not 25. It is a young. How old is he? I don't know. We'll look it up on Wikipedia. All right, we'll look it up. It is a young team, and DeAndre Yedlin. Fix my Wikipedia page. The veteran, veteran force is part of it. He's Hercules Gomez. I'm Sebastian Salazar. Thanks for watching us here on ESPN Plus. We will see you on Monday for the next edition of Football Americas.